work? Okay, that'll be good. Alright, we're recording. We're off and rolling. We're struggling within. We are struggling <laughs> within. Struggle within <laughs> is very real when it comes to hitting play on the uh, record, sorry, on Robocock. Uh, this is Self Medicating Rocker Boys in Trouble. That's the name of the episode. Indeed. And in this episode, we're going to be covering films in which rocker boys are in trouble. And sometimes resort to uh, non prescribed medication. <laughs> Roll credits! <laughs> art cinema, art cinema. Art cinema. Art cinema. Art cinema. Art cinema. Art cinema. Hi there, welcome to Art Cinema Fart Cinema. I'm Nadim. I'm Simon. And today we have a guest. I'm Cameron. Hello. Cameron is a resident metalhead. He actually lives in Art Cinema, Fart Cinema HQ, but we don't let him out very often. He he lives in the walls. It stinks. It stinks. (laughs) It's a stinker. Cameron shits and pisses in the corner and he eats right next door in a little plate next door to his fucking like shit and piss corner. Am I right? Yeah, when I'm a good boy. (laughs) When you're a good boy, I stroke your hair. And he makes collage paintings with flies that he kills. Yep. After they've gathered on his face. And cheese from his cock. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're going to be talking about the Metallica documentary. Before you turn off, I'm not a metal person either. I believe the, f- the correct phrase is metal head. I'm not a metal head. I don't I know anything about Metallica. This film is called... Metallica, Some Kind of Monster. It's a 2004 documentary documenting the two two years or so uh, of the band's early 2000s existence in which a bassist called Jason Newstead left the band and the relations between the members start to crumble. They want to make a new album, which ends up being called Saint Anger. <laughs> and the documentary basically documents these three guys going through a bunch of shit, like rehab and, you know... Suing Napster. Suing Napster. And a lot of surfing. And a lot of hell, a hell of a lot of surfing. And uh, recruiting a new bass player. That's, that's actually that's a good moment. All right. Mm-hmm. Where do we start? Where do we start with this? Tell me about Metallica, boys. One of the best bands on the fucking planet. Okay, right. I actually like to, what is it, the Air America thing. I actually like to sing that song, uh, but with just going, Metallica, fuck yeah, the best fucking band in the motherfucking planet. What do you mean Air America? Do you mean Team America? Team America, yeah. Air America is like a Mel Gibson, Robert Downey Jr. film. Team America. Get it right, man. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so I've seen Metallica three times live. I am a fan of them, but I, I'm kind of more of a mixed bag music fan, obviously. So yeah, I don't. Um, uh, I actually don't know a lot of stuff that metal people... Oh, have you listened to this? Have you listened to, uh, no. Have you listened to Slayer? Is yeah. That, is that a... That's a yeah, they're good. They're <laughs> all right. I know nothing about metal. I don't listen to much Anthrax. And, Anthrax. Uh, Do you know... They've all got weird names. They're all called, like... Corpse Baby and like Dying Fetus. Dying Fetus. That's that's what I was thinking of actually. Not Corpse Baby. Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse is hilarious. Yeah, I I don't know anything about this. Have I, you seen George Fisher's neck? What is that? He has no neck. It's just like a oh, right. giant I, muscle. I, I thought I thought that was a band or something. Like, have you seen George <laughs> Fisher's neck? <laughs> seen him <laughs> three times, man. <laughs> George Fisher's neck. Oh my. So I haven't even seen. Have you seen This Is Spinal Tap? 
Yeah, yeah I, love, not, I love Spinal Tap. <laughs> None seen, more black. I haven't seen that either. So when I started watching this documentary, it felt like a joke. Like it felt a little bit meme-y. Like I was like, is this a joke? Like, is this like a No, yeah. this is just early two thousands Metallica. <laughs> it so, is a joke, yeah. <laughs> so, what I understand, so I, I, this is literally my fir- my first foray into the anus of Metallica. I have no I'd never listened to their music. I don't know a thing about any of them. These were all just re- regular dudes to me. Cool. So um the first thing you notice is that two of the guys are like total fucking man children. Like they're like <laughs> pathetic man children who just want to rock and roll, man, but they're like so past it from from my point of view and that is the drummer Lars Ulrich Lars Ulrich Danish the James is it James James Hetfield the singer singer Singer. the singer called James Hetfield and rhythm guitar and rhythm guitar and then the what's his name guitarist Kurt Kurt Hammett he's so cool I like Kurt Hammett a lot he's a really nice dude I knew you would yeah he grows strawberries that's what he does now he grows strawberries (laughs) he just seems like a cool dude and he seemed at the very start of the film he's like introduced as being a guy who's had a bit of a troubled past with drugs and he all he does is now is I just go surfing man (laughs) (laughs) it felt like a joke you can't surf if you've been up all night at least I can anyway (laughs) it felt like a joke it actually felt like a fucking like a like a meme movie at the start. I was like, is this like a, is this meant to be funny? Like, nope. The beauty is, is that it is funny. Like, it is very yeah. funny. I'm sure that the documentary filmmakers saw the, yeah. the potential for this to be appealing out with the band's fan base. Yeah. Which it was, it actually started off as just being one of those filler sort of making of the album things. Mm. When people go into therapy and all the rest of it, it goes through a transformation. And so what you get from beginning, middle and end was, a film that people have described as just a good movie. Yeah. I don't know if oh, you, yeah. I don't know if you think it's that. interesting. It's you, certainly it, interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they were particularly sympathetic characters. I, I didn't I don't think I respect Metallica at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really, like I actually got kind of mad. I was like I was like these guys are fucking assholes, man. I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. But I mean, clearly their music changes lives. Young Cameron here, our little basement dweller, Cameron. <laughs> His life has been changed by Metallica. It's like a religion to him, you know? Yeah. So, the I, I don't know if we're going to get into this film. <laughs> this film's a monster. It's like two hours... It's some, some kind, kind of monster. monster. <laughs> oh, shut, the, shut the fuck up, Simon. <laughs> I take it like when they were making their song and it's like they, they get the riff right. They go from a crap riff to a better riff. Yeah. And then it's like, what is this about? Is it, building a Frankenstein some yeah. kind of monster and it's like some, some kind of monster so do, do you think that does that, that so connect cool. with you as like a good scene so, right. some kind of so, monster yeah. any, any kind of moment in a documentary where, where like the creative inspiration for something is suddenly revealed it's really satisfying <laughs> but, to me at the but same then time, they, do, right, they it, do this a few times in the film right and it gets to the point where I'm just like these are just fucking middle aged men totally fucking past it like because I don't think they've made albums that are as good as their 80s output right I don't think, um, I think that's the general consensus right? 91 92 was kind of their peak okay then and they then... did then they did like grungy albums load and reel, <laughs> load and reel okay. which are good albums in their own way they're infor- they, the they are you're right they're informed by a fandom of Alice in Chains basically yeah. okay. and uh, bluesy rock and stuff like yeah. that Neil Young isms, even though they don't ever talk about they it they even did a country ballad yeah there's a country ballad on it it's <laughs> about <laughs> James Hetfield's dead mum <laughs> terrible uh, why am I laughing at that oh. and then they released Death Magnetic in 2008 and Hardwired to Self Destruct is that good two years ago they're better fun fact though <laughs> Kirk Hammett lost the pen drive with all of his solos and riff ideas oh. for Hardwired to Self Destruct 
and they'd already waited 10 years, not 10 years, about 6 years to release an album and they pushed it back another three because they lost all their ideas. Lost it. <laughs> too busy fucking surfing. You <laughs> <laughs> probably dropped it in the ocean. <laughs> a great there's, white there's shark. a shark somewhere with a pen drive in his stomach. Yeah, it's like, these riffs are cool, man. You can actually taste the riffs. Yeah, because sharks have electric- electricity going through their bodies, so they probably yeah. like picked up the signals. That, that, was, that, a, that was a top-licked Kirk Hammett, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was like a, there was like a shark... Rocking out to Metallica. Does that mean that a great white shark could be the best guitar amp in the world? Could be, could man. Be. Holy sh! Simon, why is there a tenants can attached to <laughs> right? Uh, okay, guitar stand. What you what you meant to ask is, could you please explain the contraption? <laughs> the Simon, contraption. explain the contraption. <laughs> so one of the things that Saint, uh, that the documentary doesn't actually cover mm-hmm. oh, uh, is no. the the snare drum Aww. sound that is famous <laughs> the famously bad snare drum sound in and what? I have this in, in uh, the album that Saint this... Anger that was okay. completed you do hear it because they just play like clips of the so this, this album is famous for having a bad snare drum sound is yeah that right? and and one other part which we'll get into after the contraption right let's hear this I think that a 10 inch can <laughs> stuck to the top of a guitar stand with a bootlace attached to it the bootlace of course has <laughs> you're off your fucking rocker that hard bit at the end of the shoot the bootlace is called an aglet an aglet Correct. is a yeah. very how key. do you know that, that there's Finesse a and fair that's right, that's right. God. how close is this <laughs> That sounds sick. It's my world now. <laughs> it's my world. It's my time. Yeah. Look out, motherfuckers. Here I come. So that's it. Just there you go. And that's it. You can sing anger up any recording that you make of With music. a tenant can. And With a, a tenant can. Just we already knew that. Overdub it. <laughs> Overdub the fucker. Is there not? There's a there's a rock band. There's a Scottish metal band called Ailstorm. Ailstorm. Yeah, they're yeah. horrible. Oh, they're bad. Okay. <laughs> I can hate the singer. Asshole. Oh god. <laughs> I actually know someone who used to work with him. There you go. Do you want to get into the Dave Mustaine thing? Um, Dave Mustaine uh, subtitle. Well, no, he he dubbed this film some kind of bullshit oh, because man. he doesn't feel like he came off. He's well a real poet, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, is that there's, they didn't edit him to make him look worse. That's like... It's just how That's just how... Yeah. That is exactly yeah. what he had to let's, say. Let's explain it. Let's explain it. Because not everyone knows. In the early 80s, he was kicked out of Metallica for being drunken, disorderly, and apparently kicking James Hetfield's dog. Yeah. it's <laughs> a pretty yeah. rocking reason to yeah. be kicked out of a rock band. Uh, and replaced by Kirk Hammett. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Kirk is so cool that I'm glad that they did that because he comes off as uh, Dave Mustaine comes off really badly in this. So yeah. he seems so he went on to make a new band called Megadeth. Megadeth, and he calls it backfiring. Like and he a, calls it a backfire because Megadeth only sold about 15 million albums by this point, whereas Metallica had sold like 90 million. So he ugh. sees anything that he does, despite it being a runaway success for a metal band, he sees it as a total backfire because he was never as good as Metallica Megadeth were a lot better in the 90s than Metallica though mm. in the 90s yes yeah. except Risk Risk can just go away nobody yeah. likes Risk I love how in deep you guys are uh, the first albums I ever got was Euthanasia by Megadeth and Kill em All by Metallica and both of them are 10 out of 10 that's right. so embarrassing my, my first album I bought was the Black Eyed Peas Elefunk <laughs> <laughs> well they're good too Nadine <laughs> Come on! Yeah, they're hardly hardly as era defining as Metallica, I don't think. But mm. uh, I mean, like let's let's also acknowledge that there's hipsters out there that don't have any time for Metallica, even if they are like into quite heavy music and stuff. That's probably me, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd never really try. I, you know something? I, I'd actually probably never tried to listen to them. 
partly because of the kind of subculture that surrounds Metallica just not being what I'm like at all. And also because their name's Metallica. It sounds like sh- Metallica. Oh, like, well, where their nickname Alcoholica. <laughs> which is what they had in the 80s and 90s because they're all, they're all, all alcoholics yeah, at some drunk. point in this documentary they, there's an MTV icon thing that they're invited to yeah. be the, the subject of and okay. I actually remember watching that and Sean Penn introduced the band or uh, the I don't know maybe Sean Penn yeah yeah the, the actor Sean Penn was there and it was like you know, pl- please welcome Sean Penn and he does this thing where he looked at the cam he, he heard his name and he like clocked which camera was on him and he gave like the mean Metallica look <laughs> and he just went into this anecdote about how uh, you know in the 80s I came out of a hotel I was in LA or wherever and I saw this uh, van that had the, the name Metallica written on it and I said Metallica is too on the nose a name for a band they'll never make it <laughs> and I just I really wish I, I, I'm sure that he didn't do this but I just wish that he went up to the band and actually said that with like fucking cocaine on his nose and <laughs> Metallica it's too on the nose a name you'll never fucking make it and he's like got white powder all over his face <laughs> with Sean Penn covered in coke yeah. anyway now Metallica is like we're a metal band we're gonna be called Metallica it's like off oh, like imagine there was a country band called Contrica it's like Ugh! it's probably out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah it probably, probably is actually. Contrica, Contrica. <laughs> we're Contrica. Yeah. We like beer and we don't like the queers. <laughs> we interrupt this podcast to bring you meme drone. James Hetfield crawls away to rehab and they have a really big fallout and stuff. They're working on music that they actually know is bad and that they can't, you know, like, you is know, Kirk, they're all falling Kirk Hammett's yeah. actually yeah. rocking away on a riff and uh, the other two guys tell him, Kirk, that's a bit crap. It's a bit stock. Yeah. It's a bit stock. <laughs> yeah. And it's what like, what does that mean? It's like, dun, 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 dun. instead of like saying, let's move on to something else, they just keep going with they're it. And Lars Ulrich can't even get a beat. He's like going, like yeah. that, and oh, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's crazy. There'll be people that watch this and go, "So what is that?" Like yourself, you'll go, "So what is the big deal with this band that can't actually play or write a tune?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about the? There's a section. Yeah. There's a section where it just jumps to uh, them at their height. That ninety one, ninety two uh, at Moscow, a, li- a live performance that was brilliant in Moscow. Oh yeah, uh, five hundred thousand people, close to a million people. And the bla- a, yeah, the blasting. English. They're blasting through Enter Sandman. Their performance of Harvester Sorrow at that that day was absolutely brilliant. One of my favourite songs. But, uh, it feels like it feels like a cult not, initiation. Yeah. Did you I'm not, like, did, <laughs> cult initiation. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the perfect little like 
like little innocent girl who's about to join him, like Charles Manson's cult. You, you guys are like the thing about Metallica, guys. Five hundred thousand people at the concert, and they're like, nodding their head at me like, "You need to join the Metallica boys, guys." So, did you not get like a glimpse of Metallica at their best? Well, there, there you go. Actually, right. that's that's kind what of what I like, actually liked about that is is at the start of the film, I think it's over the opening credits. They show you a bunch of clips. Seek and destroy insane concerts, like. Mm-hmm. Mad concerts, totally iconic looking metal band, like, you know, big <laughs> long hair. And, like, you, you do kind of go, oh, well. And they don't even, they do not linger on how successful they were. Like, as far as I was concerned, if you cut that scene out of the film and cut the very end in out of the film, it seems like a really dysfunctional family falling apart. It feels like a divorce or something. Yeah. Like, so what I really like about the film is it, it's not propaganda. It's, it's, it's literally brutally honest, straight to the point, like, this is the horrific fallout of a band that is clearly spent a little bit too much time together or something like that. A James Hetfield's quote, I love this alarming statement that he makes where he goes, the way I learn how to love things is just to choke them to death. Yeah. And you just think, well, that was a very strange lesson to pick up. I wonder where you got that one. <laughs> where did you get that idea, James? I wonder what his cough looks like. <laughs> probably a big choker probably a big bow constrictor that just wraps around people and chokes them to death like this is how you love things guys <laughs> yeah. I think what's what else also cool is their creative process is interesting because what you're talking about how Kirk's playing the guitar and they're like no it's too stark man and then they even talk later on at some point about taking solos out of the album yeah and my, under- yeah. my understanding is that St. Anger the album that they're making doesn't have any solos it doesn't on. have any solos and it's like you can kind of understand that a band that's been together for 20 years would take something as fundamental as a fucking guitar solo and be like, yeah, we shouldn't do that just for the sake of creativity. And it's like, what are you doing? No! But that's the thing. They said, I think it's James and Lars said, let's cut out the solos because then this will be remembered as the period of Metallica they didn't have solos. And Kirk said, no, that is the stupidest idea ever because all this will be remembered as is the album that has no <laughs> solos and that's what it's remembered as a shit Metallica album with no solos and now when they play songs like Frantic there's improv solos in it yeah. because they realise the songs are shit because they really have good. no solos yeah, I bet they're really good with, yeah. with solos and you see at the start the, so th- this, this, um, this <laughs> film actually goes chronologically for the most part there's a pre-credit sequence where you see uh Journalists invited to hear, you know, play back some of the band's new songs oh. and the hit Space Bar. Oh, you see, what's his face? Zane Lowe. Oh. Yeah, and you get like a, a group of journalists with notepads and pens, a pencils even, I think, and uh, <laughs> you know, just... and they're bobbing their head to <laughs> the intro to Frantic, and it's like, and I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice if someone that looked a bit, you know, scrunchy and miserable like Rick Mail just looked at the camera and went, what the is this <laughs> because it's terrible I hate that fucking song like I actually quite like some of the material in St. Anger obviously it doesn't make a good album but there's good stuff in there mm. the riffs from like All Within My Hands are good riffs you know yeah. uh, but uh, Frantic is a fucking awful song I love Frantic but <laughs> o- I, only because I like Fight! on my bass that's the you only, can play it on your I, bass I can yeah. play it on my bass that's, the only, it. that's the only reason I like it because I thought I think it was like three, four weeks ago, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to learn how to play Frantic. Wow. And it's just been stuck in my head. But then two days later after I learnt it, they put it in their live set. And I was like, it's a sign. I've got to learn how to play this. Oh my God. I think... Uh, oh, you are like a super fan, eh? I, I love it. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that it's... How do song. you have the energy to listen to Metallica when we only feed you toast? The riffs. <laughs> the riffs feed me. <laughs> 
I, uh... <laughs> Metallica, I do not understand. So, the, what's another thing is, they're, they're like, listening to the music and, um, at parts of the film, they listen to their music back, and they're like, no, this is terrible. And to me, right, and this is a total outsider, see, I'm really worried, because it shows in this film, like, crowds of metal fans, I'm like, I don't want to offend any of these metal fans, I'll probably beat the sh- beat the sh- out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like when they're like discussing the finer points of this like I'm like I don't I don't get why this is bad and why that is good or like what I, maybe I need to just listen to it's, the album it's just all mediocre is it okay the, all, the, all the other albums are great uh-huh. you'd probably like Load and Reload because it's not yeah, it's probably softer I, it's not, soft it's, boys it's like not me. softer but there is Fuel which just has one of the most indistinguishable intros of all time. Because it just sounds like he's going, jump jump jump. Well, what is it? There's um, there's a scene in this film where they hold that weird sort of nail cleaner over the pickup and it goes, Is that a nail cleaner? Yeah. I thought it was a, like a... Like I a thought a it was a vibrator. I thought it was <laughs> a vibrator. And uh, James, James actually kicks in with, Give me yeah. fuel, give me fire, give me... Yeah, da, 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 da. he just repeats that. That's the fuel intro from the 90s. Uh, give me fuel, give me fire, give me... Da, 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 da. Did that Nerves by the end of it. I was like, stop. I think those albums, I, I liked them when I was 15 or 16, but uh, I think they're But crap people now. grow up, Simon. I think they're crap. I well, think clearly, I haven't. I think that, yeah, Kill Em All and uh, the old Garage Days stuff, the Garage Days Revisited stuff, that's yeah. that's Metallica sounding brilliant. And obviously, like, you know, an album like uh, Master of Puppets is good, but it's also quite joyless as well. Mm. It's a fairly, like, disturbing album to listen to then you have to take a shower after it and stuff yeah yeah i think the fact i think (laughs) we we live in a world we live in a world we live in a world now that's like where metal is old it's not it's not cutting edge edgy music anymore really is it it's it's like you know your dad probably listened to metallica you know what i mean (laughs) so like and so a lot of like the kind of subculture of metallica has been kind of made ironic as well so like you got Otto from The Simpsons and I know that was roughly the same sort of time but Otto from The Simpsons is like hell yeah dude yeah so a lot of like the like in the songwriting in this it seems like these f***ing I, I keep on ragging them for being 40 I'm, I'm sorry Simon <laughs> but like these like, dudes are just sitting around they come up with like this cool couplet like what is it my lifestyle will determine my, my death, death my, my lifestyle determines my death so the greatest lyric of all time <laughs> they come up with a line like that and then they just <laughs> compose this <laughs> round it and i'm like i don't get it like what's so genius about this they're just coming up with fucking catchy grim dark poems i've worn out being afraid by endless fear that i parade blood yeah blood. yeah it's so bad when he's coming up with it and he just comes up with all the tick 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 tock yeah. That's the thing though. When they did their bassist auditions, they had Les Claypool of Primus yeah. audition for it. That was um, that back in like the might have been, might have been thing, the eighties. Yeah. Oh. So but, this is in the film. They audition a bass player. Yeah, and Les Claypool is in Primus, which is very progressive. Very, you know, it's the, well, like, Primus like, is a Primus is a band like Rush, <laughs> Rush on steroids. And he did his audition, and they said you're too good for this band. Oh. Go back and do what you're doing because you'll be wasted here. And now he just does a slap-based Master of Puppets every live show he does. That's cute, And it's, it's great, but... I Is that what they'd said to him? Yeah, they really? said, you're too good for this band. Go back and do what you want <laughs> to do. You'd be wasted playing oh, open, awesome. open, open, so, open, open, open. yeah, the moment in this film in which they finally choose their bassist to fill the gap, that's, that takes up the last kind of half hour of the film, 
Um, they audition a bunch of bassists. There's like a female bassist at one point, and she's like, well, "That's a that's, that's a, a fan. Is that a fan? Yeah, what? That, that was their they, fan day. They hang oh out with God. their fan days, she's and uh, they have like uh, awesome little like jamming sessions with people that can't play bass. And then this girl, <laughs> she's so good, just kicks yeah. in. I remember watching this strong. film with someone, and the, the person actually said, "Why did they not just take her then in the band?" And I was like, "It's not just." Playing bass that qualifies you yeah, for going on for the no, tour. Yeah, no, 100%. you know. But then they got Rob, and Rob is. Yeah, so the dude, the dude who ends up in Metallica, he ends <clears throat> up getting a one million dollar advance for being in the band. And Which is, like, and like the moment they tell him, he just he's like he completely transforms. Like, he's like, wow, like he's like amazed. Yeah, I and think that's in... that's maybe the other thing that doesn't sit quite right with me with bands like Metallica uh, is that they're all like, oh yeah, rock and roll, <laughs> like meant to be you know hard as nails, kind of punky, rebellious, not punky, but you know what I mean, anti-establishment, and yet they're all these mul- they're all multi-millionaires, and they try and shut down Napster, and it's well, like what, <laughs> like like you're. Not cool. You're the thing, right, the thing is, right, is in, they, in the eighties they were anti-establishment, exactly, and right. they got where they were despite being anti-establishment. Exactly. Without you know making a video or you know airplay, they got quite far without a single or anything like that. You know, uh, and, they're, and they're still, in my opinion, they're still a niche band. Like it's like my mum would listen to Queen. My mum would never listen to Metallica. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was huge. one song that they refused to play up until a couple of years ago from the first couple of things and it was Escape on Ride the Lightning because <laughs> it was their first commercial I think it was their first song they had on the radio before Master of Puppets it's a, yeah it's a metal and song with just, a nice lilting chorus yeah, out yeah. for my own out to be free yeah. yeah and this is coming from songs like Fight Fire with Fire I actually and that's, The Call of Cthulhu I which actually listened one to of Fight the Fire with Fire that's a great ever. song it's a really yeah. good song it stinks <laughs> uh, it stinks uh it stinks. <laughs> uh, you have to love how little life changes, though, because I what I, what I love about the part of this film where they cover the Napster thing. So what happened was Metallica took a public stance against a website called Napster, which was a peer-to-peer file-sharing thing where people could send music to each other for free. Piracy, basically. And they took this really firm stance against the technology, and I think Napster ended up getting closed down, right? Uh, they're still around, but they, they're they not they're as not, big as no, they no one Now Napster. it's like Spotify, but yeah. if Napster were around now, there wouldn't be a problem, really. Yeah, yeah. So the, the fan reaction against Metallica then, like they're all like grabbing their albums, Metallica Records, and ramming on the floor, yeah. and then stamping on them. I think the funniest, the funniest thing <laughs> that in that... That happens s- now with, like, Star Wars. In yeah. that, you see... In <laughs> I'm burning all my Star Wars toys! I hate the last Jedi! In that section, the funniest thing That's is, like, me. the big... Uh, the, 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 I'm sorry to use this term, but man baby, like, the total yeah, 40-year-old like, guy, I don't want to have anything to do with Metallica <laughs> now! I'm going to crash their CDs and burn them! <laughs> but like, I think they I, don't care. Yeah, I think it, it speaks to the kind of... The, the anti-establishment thing, and then they become millionaires and then they decide no no you can't give out music for free I, I, I do understand it but it's it See, does it's seem the, a bit not was, rock and roll uh, for them to uh, be yeah but I mean like, what was it the, there was a, Scot- a, a Glasgow uh, songwriter woman that uh, hundreds of thousands of downloads had had happened over music and she she hasn't got any money for it. Mm, of course. Yeah, so no, that's no. that's the that, you know that's the side that they were fighting for. Nobody gets that. Like at the time, the Deftones and uh, the Offspring bands like that, they were all like you know kicking off at you know Metallica, full of shit. At one point, Dexter Holland from the Offspring actually said, "I don't think anytime soon we'll be going around to like a kid's party and they're like playing files off their laptops. Like that's all that fucking happens now." Yeah. 
Mm. People don't. They're not going to dig around the CDs like you could put on something now. They're going to you, you'd you'd go on Spotify yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean Taylor Swift. She's taken a public spance. Spance. She's taking a public she's, she's taking a public spanking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's taking on. a public stance against against not Metallica. <laughs> it's Taylor Swift is taking a public stance against Metallica. No, Taylor Swift is taking a public stance against Spotify in the past, and she was met with the same sort of. I mean, granted, Taylor Swift's fan base isn't a bunch of angry people who like metal. Angry it's, it's children. It's children and Simon. So, <laughs> so like, people were just like, oh, she's an industry shill, you know, she's just saying what the big companies want her to say because they obviously don't make as much money as Spotify. That was ages ago, though. Spotify is obviously the thing now. But, no, I can, I can totally understand why people were angry about it. And I think certainly for a band like Metallica to, to then turn around and be like, oh, actually, you can't steal our music. It's like, that's not really that metal of you, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I think that the, the, my favourite scene in this film, and it's probably the same for a lot of people, is when uh, Lars Ulrich plays the track for his dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, we, we were talking about this in yeah. the car, yeah. His dad, who we've already seen him like uh, stretching in the field with his big long Gandalf beard. Professional tennis player in the uh, 70s and 80s yeah. for Denmark. Tor- this is Torben uh, Ulrich. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, they have this like, Earnest discussion where Lars gets quite uncomfortable about getting touchy feely in front of his dad, and his dad's stretching away to kind of like pass the time. So I'll just I'll stretch while my son's babbling pish so in the background. Strange as hell. Oh and uh, it comes back to them playing a track that, which apparently they, they went to see Seeger Ross and decided we'll do a Seeger Ross inspired track, and it was this drony oh. blue blue with an echoing. <laughs> Torben's sitting there just like, hmm, with this kind of like... He's really polite, yeah. ...pinched expression, yeah. and it's at the end of it, he's like, what did you think of that one, Pop? <laughs> it was, if I was your advisor, I would say, delete that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the old Danish directness, baby. I think that uh, if you were a famous band now, you know, you would have... To, I, would want, I would want to do a mockumentary thing and uh, take the piss out of everything. Yeah. This is ripe for parody. Well, you would take the piss out of Rolling Stones docs and other things as well. But yeah, they would, I would definitely have like a scene where it's like an uh, Uncle Bob's coming round. I always play tracks for Uncle Bob. And then Uncle Bob just sits there like listening to some disgusting music with this really polite <clears throat> expression. And then goes into like a critique afterwards. You know, <laughs> also, yeah, you have to get in the stretching in the field bit as well. That's yeah. all. That's it is the it most is insane beautiful. image I've ever seen. In his but it's, he was just showing off a bit of land he bought, and he thought oh, this is a good idea for therapy. My dad to stretch <laughs> across. <laughs> this a is field. another thing. Lars Ulrich is a big talking point in this because the, even before this film was released and before I'd seen it, it was already in the. Uh, music journalism like Kerrang! and Magazine and stuff like that, uh, talking about how the, the, there's a really controversial scene in this uh, documentary where Lars sells his art collection. Yeah. <laughs> for oh, like yeah. $10 million. And uh, the, apparently, yeah. like... like uh, one of the paintings goes for $5 million. Yeah. It's like, uh, what? John Michael Basquiat! I've got the book right here, and the, the, the fucking painting that Lars owned is on the cover of this book about Basquiat. Oh my God. And it's, yeah, it's like so millions. it's a pretty big deal. I like that. Looks like a finger painting. It's a fucking awesome painting. Modern <laughs> art, man. <laughs> but no, there was it was all this thing of uh, you know, uh, take that scene out. You know, 
the fans won't connect with you. You, you know, it won't it's be, so weird, especially not, after yeah. the Napster thing. Like they literally discussed the Napster thing, and then they show him selling a five million pound art collection. But then was the Echo Brain stuff when they go to the Echo Brain gig before or in between that? <laughs> because then obviously they go and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go and meet Jason, but in the car ride in, he's like, oh, I, th- I thought he'd be playing for fucking twenty people in a bar. But it's like a crowd gig, and then he goes back and sees them, and he's left, and it's like, oh, I wonder why he'd leave because you bullied him from nineteen eighty-seven <laughs> until two thousand and one, and then he thought, I've had enough, yeah. and left. Lars doesn't come off too good. He comes across as a condescending asshole for yeah. the whole thing, and he still is like that. Because if you watch the makings of their next two albums after that, which were they were released in sort of YouTube sort of bite-sized yeah, chunks, yeah. weren't they? He's still the only one that just sits there with a yeah. grimacing mug, and it's just, just like, like it's like oh enough. Mancha. But James is just like I go off six months of the year and look after my bees and hunt elk. I yeah. don't care what <laughs> yeah. you want. Yeah, you know, like it's funny because when, when the YouTube clips for the making of Death Magnetic happened. There was like a corresponding scene to everything in uh, Some Kind of Monster. There's like a, the deciding on the name of the album to see yeah. where, you know, and everyone around the fucking table is back again and they've all got the same shit to say. The guy who like thinks that St. Anger's a great album name is there again to say that Death Magnetic's <laughs> a great album name. You know, it just rolls off the tongue, you know. J- June yeah, 14th is St. Anger's Day. You know, death magnetic is like light fantastic. It's like an original statement. You know, it's like they've got the staff. They've got this staff that never leave. Yes, man. And they don't change. And you know, there's not even like a change to the numbers of grey hairs on their head. It's like what the no. fuck. The only staff member that changed was their therapist. Finally, left. <laughs> that was it. But I'm sure Felt he stayed. Ar- I'm sure he stayed around for like a couple of years after that because they just couldn't hack doing anything without this father figure holding their hand going no it's okay I, to feel sad I love the I love the uncomfortable bits where it gets to you know I think that we're ready to let Phil go and Phil's like yeah. I have performance enhancement coach visions for all of you it's like you have 40 grand a month visions for yourself basically yeah Is that's that, what yeah. I thought you're just in it for more money you don't care <laughs> you so know what guys I fucking quit this podcast man <laughs> fuck you guys <laughs> I'm fucking leaving <laughs> I think he's gone does this mean I don't have to live in the wall anymore? Uh, it stinks. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. The idea is it should sound like a band getting together for the first time in a garage except that band is Metallica in a garage